Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. You looking for a show to scare you into some fantasy dubs? No need to go into that haunted house because you found us already, my scary amigo. D-Mendy here, joined by Frankenstein, John Manetton. Should I be offended by that? Is that an insult? No, man. Everybody's got their own monster name. You're Frankenstein. Well, Frankenstein wasn't the monster, David. Read a book. <laughs> also joined by the ghost, D-Mendy. Do you notice how you almost said D-Mendy because you've yeah, been I called did. ghost your entire life? No, but you're the actual ghost. That's why you got the that ghost was- sound. That was David's nickname growing up to our listeners. David was called Ghost because of how pale he was. Uh, yeah, and then, of course, also joined by... The wolf, the werewolf, Sir Bradley K., the Bradstradamus Brad Kilgore. What's up, man? That soundboard is turning you into a monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, how do I come back? That's pretty, pretty funny. And then we also have a guest this week who is going to be our skeleton of the show here. He is the CEO of P2W Fantasy, where you don't just play to play, but you play to win. A podcast you may have heard Kenyon Drake tell you to bless your ears with. Your favorite Chicagoan who owns more jerseys than the bills you're currently stacking and may not own a shirt other than that with sleeves. We are talking with Nick Scriptman. Nick, what's up, man? What is up, man? I uh, appreciate you having me on. That was a pretty badass uh, intro. I think it's the best one I've had in a long time. But uh, yeah, appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Um, you know, Triple Play's uh, um, a brand that I share out your guys' stuff all the time as much as I can. You guys do the same. We got a good relationship, and uh, like I told you a little bit before the stream, you guys are absolutely killing it right now. So I'm glad to uh, hop on your guys' podcast here. No, man, we're really happy to have you on. One of my favorite guys to follow. Um, and I want you just, if you don't mind to kind of tell our listeners a little bit about your stuff and where they can find you and all that type of stuff. Sure. So, um, it's, uh, at P2W fantasy on Twitter. Um, the number two is in there and, uh, pretty much everything is, uh, pushed out through there. Um, articles probably two to three times a week and then a live stream usually. Uh, and it's myself and my brother kind of similar to what you guys got going on a little bit here. We do most of the work and then uh, just link up with a bunch of other guys who hop on from from here and here and there. But yeah, started up not super long ago back in uh, March with the intent of just trying to get people to read articles and it grew into something a lot bigger and we've just been rolling it out since then. So it's been it's been uh, it's been good so far. Yeah, man. I mean, again, one of the I remember actually you were one of the first people I we started this around the same time and you're one of the first people I remember connecting with. And, uh, I mean, you grew your following a big time and, um, you know, always produce good content. You have a lot of articles you put out, you know, your waiver wire stuff is always a good read. 
And you're also very humble too. I don't see you going around like boasting. Uh, I do see people like that. If they get a, something right or, or this or that, that they're out there kind of just patting themselves on the back, but you stay very humble and just keep post, uh, producing more good content. So again, one of my favorite guys I've definitely met through Twitter. Yeah. I, uh, I, the only time you'll catch me, um, not being humble is if I say something correct in, uh, my brother, Anthony, who's Anthony PTW, <laughs> if he's wrong about something, then, then I'll be, uh, overly obnoxious about it. But yeah, other, other than that, yeah, I, keep it cool i guess <laughs> i like that um well we're gonna need your help today man because we have uh again halloween themed we're experimenting with the soundboard a little bit trying to add an- another dynamic to this show and we have the fantasy football uh scary players show uh, i forgot what i even called it but basically what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at uh after seven weeks of data players that you're scared of as far as who you'd be scared to actually put in your lineup and players that you're scared of to play against if they were on someone else's team. And we're going to go position by position to see who truly is spooky this Halloween season. After that, we'll go to our question of the week. And after that, we'll go to our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, let's go to a couple news and notes. So a little bit of stuff has happened since our last week of recording. The Bucks are going all in signing Antonio Brown to a one-year deal a little bit over the league minimum and coinciding well with right now Chris Godwin as a fractured finger, and he is going to miss at least a week, potentially more. So, Nick, I'm going to start with you. Do you see, uh, besides obviously Brady's going to benefit from this, but do you see certain players benefiting, other players taking a hit? What are your thoughts for all this? Um, I, I think it's... It's beneficial, obviously, for the Bucks, just because if they had a lot of injuries this year, we saw uh, Mike Evans hobbling around a couple times. Chris Godwin's missed plenty of games this year. Uh, you thought Scotty Miller was going to be this this huge thing. He's had some decent games, but he's also been banged up as well. So I think adding another wide receiver to their core helps Brady a lot. I don't know how much it helps uh, the other wide receivers with, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think with Mike Evans already having a questionable – target share in that team he might take an even bigger hit um unless Chris Godwin's out for some time but I think Brady who's killing it right now gets a nice boost and um the only thing we have to worry about Antonio Brown is if you know everything's nice and nice and good with him and he's staying out of trouble and and uh can actually get a bunch of games in in comparison to when he you know jumped on with the Patriots and we saw one good game and then not much after that so uh good good bump for Brady um just as another guy to feed targets to. So I don't know what that does to the rest of the guys on the team. Eric, why don't you hop in here and tell us, do you agree with Nick? Is there anybody else that you think benefits or someone that you think takes a hit? So I think Antonio Brown's going to be a real life option in terms of fantasy. I think it's going to be a grab bag because he still has, Brady still has the report with Gronk. Mike Evans has, I think six touchdowns in seven games or seven touchdowns in six games. Chris Godwin, I mean, he fractured his finger, might be out two to three weeks. Cameron Brate's still healthy. Rojo's getting work. What I think is interesting is Bruce Arians said in March, quote, yeah, it's not going to happen about Antonio Brown. There's no room and probably not enough money, but it's not going to happen. It's not a fit here. Then says signing Antonio Brown was his idea. Then came out yesterday and said, if Antonio Brown complains about touches, then Bucks are going to have a problem. I can see this not ending well. That's a good point. Brad, John, anything you want to add before we move to the next one? I just don't get uh, Brady's infatuation with 
Antonio Brown. I, I just don't understand. I, I mean, he went to his He's house uh, once, so maybe he did something at his house that uh, he can't get over. They're both six-round picks. That's his infatuation. Uh, there you go. Plenty of selfies together, too. He's probably the best receiver in league history over the past, you know, what, eight years? Like, it's, he's just an excellent receiver, and now they have three number one receivers who all deserve to have a number one corner covering them. I think Four if you be, count Scotty Miller. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I'm, I think it's going to be a lot like the Patriots' backfield. Like, somebody could go off every week, but probably not all three of them and you're not going to know which one it's going to be each week. So it's going to be tough for fantasy, but that makes the Bucks a, a real-life Super Bowl contender, I think. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine trying to pick who you're going to stop. It's like, okay, we're going to double Godwin, then you have Evans and Antonio Brown and, and Gronk, even if he's half of what he used to be. Um, I just, again, it, good for Brady. If you have Brady in fantasy and you didn't sell him, I mean, top five QB the rest of the way, yes or no? What do you guys think? Yes. Yeah, I'm buying that for sure. John and Brad. No, because no, because before the season I said he was gonna he was his arm was shot. So no. <laughs> Second half of the season, like his uh his elbow goes out. I say no because I think the game scripts are gonna dictate them being up a lot, which means more running. So maybe Ronald Jones is looking a lot better this year. Alright, let's split just how I like it. Next bit of news here. Odell Beckham tears his ACL and he's out for the season. So I'm curious, and Eric, I'll start with you for this one. Better for Baker Mayfield and pass catchers that you think might benefit that other people may not be realizing. Uh, I do think it's better for Baker Mayfield. It was crazy. He was 0 for 5 with an interception before Odell got hurt, and he was like 16 of 17 with like two or three touchdowns. I think he tried to force feed Odell the ball. It certainly looked like that on the interception. I think Jarvis Landry is going to be a true number one now, assuming he's healthy. But I think Rashad Higgins is going to have a healthy role at number two. And don't sleep on Harrison Bryant because Austin Hooper had appendicitis and he's out at least this week. And it seems like Njoku's buried on the depth chart. So I think he could be a sneaky tight end play this week and maybe the rest of the season. And people may not realize Njoku actually had a touchdown that game too. It's just kind of lost under the the Harrison Bryant hype. Johnny Foosball, you feeling the same? Um, I think Higgins gets way more of a bump than Landry in my opinion. I feel like it's going to be similar to what Bryce Butler told us about his time in Dallas. Like when Dez goes out, he all of a sudden became the number one guy jumping over other receivers. I think that it's going to be the Rashard Higgins show in Cleveland, of course, with a healthy dose of tight ends, a very healthy dose of tight ends. So, so John, the Rashard Higgins show, which I don't know has ever been said, how much of, Maybe your, by fab, him. <laughs> what percent of your fab are you going to spend on him? Probably probably 20%, if not a little bit more, especially this late in the season. What are you saving it for? I you like only that. got so that's, many games until the playoffs. That's like a Tabasco sauce in your eye kind of spicy take right there. I like that. <laughs> uh, Brad, you feeling the same or are you feeling a little different? No, I, I probably still high on Baker right now. Um, I get the idea that Baker might be better without OBJ, but I don't think that's real in practice. I know he was force feeding him a lot, which is definitely true. But I don't see a world where you go from OBJ to, to Higgins and get better. Um, I think the intangibles that OBJ brought, you know, the double covers, using them as a decoy, you know, having your number one corner guard him, who will now be guarding Landry. Like, I, I just think it's going to get a lot harder for Baker going forward. Nick, wrap it up here for us. What are your thoughts on this whole Cleveland situation? 
Yeah, just to be uh, brief here, uh, Kevin Stefanski, when he was offensive coordinator for the Vikings, um, he had two guys that almost split in in catches um, and targets with uh, Kyle Rudolph and um, Irv Smith Jr. I could see uh, when Austin Hooper comes back using two tight ends a lot more um, just because he's accustomed to that in a different system. Uh, Baker, I'm, I'm not really buying into Baker's better. I, I think it's almost not, – not to disagree too much with what you guys said, but I think it's almost like that – scapegoat to, hey, Baker's been pretty bad this year with, with a lot of things. Maybe he's going to be better now that a good wide receiver is gone. So I, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not buying into it too much with that. Um, and the other guys, Higgins, Peoples-Jones, I, I don't know if I can trust on a weekly basis that they're always going to see like a seven, you know, eight target share, but they're going to have some good games. I just might be kind of hit or miss with who, who does what on what week. Yeah, it's a good point. And, um, it seems like you and Brad are kind of on the same page of that you think that this is kind of either the time to sell Baker Mayfield or not to buy into the hype. John and Eric, you guys seem like that th- without Odell there that you think their offense is going to flourish more. Maybe Baker doesn't force feed Odell the ball, which allows him to kind of uh, relax and kind of try to spread the ball around and be a little bit better player. So it's going to be interesting to see how that develops going forward. I still think Baker's a trash quarterback for the record. I, I, to be fair, I think he was maybe like QB 20 before, and I'd move him to like QB 14, 15 now. So like still not a QB one, but low end or high end QB two. All right. Fair enough. Des Bryant officially is back in the NFL, signs a practice squad deal with the Ravens. Just real quick, yes or no. Brad, is he going to be fantasy relevant? Absolutely. Oh, I did not expect anybody to go that route. Okay. I might have to have you explain that for me. Okay. I, so basically, I think. The jury's still out on whether Lamar Jackson kind of has this, you know, elite arm that, you know, is going to be able to throw deep balls to people like Hollywood Brown. And I think what that provides is really, you know, he's going to be a great possession receiver. He's a big target. You know, he's going to be over those those crossing routes, 10 yards, 15 yards, guys he can hit on the move, guys he can hit on the move, guys he can hit in the pocket. Um I think he's going to be a guy that you depend on on third down. I think he's going to be what William Sneed's role was last year, but he's at least I'm assuming, you know, he's still the form from what I saw him last, which was a long time ago, but he's only 31. And I think he's got a lot of potential to, to really get a lot of targets. And I think he's, he's going to be relevant. All right, Mr. P2W, my man, you, uh, do you agree with Brad, or do you think he's got no relevancy this season? I mean, we always question the uh, wide receivers, obviously for the for the Ravens, just because of the passing volume. But you know, I'm looking at their schedule a little bit here. Playing playing Pittsburgh twice uh, upcoming, playing Tennessee, um, even playing New England, they might have to throw the ball more. And if if uh, Dez offers something very different than Marquise Brown does, like uh, Brad just said, being a possession guy, maybe an end zone target, he might find some weeks where he is fantasy relevant. My my concern would be what does Des Bryant do if he does get implemented into the system to Mark Andrews, who's a very Mm. touchdown dependent guy that that's been my thought about being a Mark Andrews manager. Hey, if Des comes in and he he's a touchdown kind of guy, he's a, he's a red zone kind of guy. What does that do to Mark Andrews? That's my only a, you know, shake up for this team. So then I'll really quick, I'll ask you this then. If uh, you said you're a Mark Andrews owner before Des Bryant gets elevated to the roster, which sounds like it, from what you guys are saying, you think it's going to happen. Are you trying to sell Mark Andrews right now? 
on a personal basis, I have, but not not necessarily just because of Des Bryant. I, I just been a little bit concerned about his boomer bust weeks, and I think he still has a pretty high value. Um, so I, I'm more of a volume guy when it comes to wide receivers and tight ends uh, for target share. And Mark Andrews to me has been pretty hit or miss lately. Maybe I'm a little bit off on that, but a lot of boomer bust weeks. So if this is another factor to think about, then maybe it is a little bit more of a sell and get them for a high price. Fair enough. I, I like that. And Eric and John, I'm just going to, unless you have something special to add for that, I'm going to move on. And then the last little bit here, Todd Gurley blows or the Atlanta Falcons blow another game. And my question <laughs> was if Todd Gurley trying to score, and I'm going to just kind of summarize this with yes. And I'm going to tell you why, because in his deal with the Atlanta Falcons, he gets a mm. 500k incentive if he scores 13 touchdowns or gets a thousand rushing yards. And at this point in his career with the Falcons being, I think they were one in five going into that game. So at one in five, they're not going to the playoffs. So winning, you could say winning games, but uh, they're not going to the playoffs. Brad, uh, Todd Gurley gets to add touchdown to his, uh, the back of his football card and he gets to have a chance to increase his incentives. I, um, I, love he a, was, I love a good, I love a good conspiracy theory, but I don't think Todd Gurley's hurting over 500k. No, I mean maybe not, but I think also for his stats and also, uh, I just he was, I think it was, uh, he was, I forgot the exact term, but he was like scary mad or something. They they said that he was like angry mad or it was it was something like where it's like he wasn't like if I hear a player's mad, they're emotional in the locker room. And they said like he is like angry mad or, or it was whatever term that they said. What's the difference between angry and angry? I don't know. Mad, I mean, that, that's what sort of line are you drawing? On you? Line. Levels. I you know what? I just need to say one thing, and this might be the first time I'll ever cuss on the podcast. Fuck the Atlanta Falcons. They ruined my parlay. <laughs> I would have hit because I bet Titan or I bet Rams. And Bucks money line. I no, we don't it was care good. about your betting. We don't care about. I your just betting. Needed, I just needed to get this out on a platform. Eric, it, Eric, how are you? How are you gambling? The ballot measure hasn't passed in Maryland yet. What's going on? It's man? pestering <laughs> inside of me. All right, all right. Well, I'm, if we've taken a lesson from this, it's don't trust Eric's betting advice. Of six all points right. in a row, baby. Take it. All right. Nice discussion with the news and notes, gentlemen. That's stuff that we everybody kind of needed to hear. But there's something else you need to hear. And I have to know, do you like what you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball show and basketball show that you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about treating us like the house on your block that gives out the king-size candy bars and leave us a five-star rating and review? Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, annoying gifts, and of course, our weekly episode drops. So you can't trick or treat this Halloween, which means no candy. So how about instead you put something sweet in your ears and listen to this podcast? We'll save you the trip to the dentist and give you no cavities. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. And now we get into the scary stuff, gentlemen. And... The fantasy, the spooky, scary fantasy players. Which players, after seven weeks, are you scared of that you may have drafted to actually put in your lineup? And which players are you scared of to play against the rest of the season? We'll be looking at position by position to see who is truly spooky this Halloween season. 
And we are going to start at the quarterback position. Quarterback that you're scared to play against. And I'm going to start off with our uh, guest here, Nick. Kick us off, buddy. So we touched on him briefly before, but uh, I, I, I wrote down Tom Brady here. Um, so the scoring I talk about might uh, differentiate based off of your league that you play in. But 36.86 last game, uh, five touchdowns total. He's had four games with three-plus total touchdowns and two games with five touchdowns. Uh, I saw a tweet from SportsCenter earlier that said, since week three, he's had 15 touchdowns, which is first amongst quarterbacks. He's had uh, 1,454 passing yards, which he's tied for fourth amongst quarterbacks. And then he has a 15-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio, which is first. So for a guy who hasn't consistently had his full core of uh, players, including Fournette and, you know, Godwin's missed some time too. Um, he's still balling out. He's doing very well. I think he's finally comfortable in the system. And if a guy's going to have a potential of scoring five plus or not five plus, but five touchdowns on a given week, I, I don't want to play against that guy in fantasy. Nick, you convinced me I'm scared of Tom Brady. I am. Um, I, I think I see him in another person's lineup and I, uh, just you, you see that name already, and you're like, you just think like, oh god, like what's he gonna do to just like surgically take down the other defense and throw a bunch of touchdowns in a Bruce Arians offense? So I'm, I'm with you, um, Eric. Who's your quarterback? So for me, it's Kyler Murray, and I want to give Brad props because as of now, Kyler Murray is QB one. He has 20 plus points in every single game. The Cardinals have played seven games this year. And in six of those seven games, he has a rushing and passing touchdown. The most ever in a season is eight by Cam Newton, Dante Culpepper, and Randall Cunningham. So Kyler is on pace to shatter that, which means at his worst, he has a 10-point floor. That offense is built around him. And with Chase Edmonds getting more reps at running back, I think he's more explosive than Kenyon Drake. If I'm facing Kyler Murray, I'm scared. I'm hoping he gets 22, and I'll consider that a good day. Mm. 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 Patting Brad on the back for that one. Brad's just smiling, just eating it all up. <laughs> uh, John, who's yours? I had uh, Kyler Murray as well, so I'm going to throw a little bit of a wild card here. Uh, moving forward, Joe Burrow has had scary volume in Cincinnati. He's I throwing like an absurd amount of passes, and I don't care if he gets sacked. I don't lose points for that. I, I don't care if he th- or they don't lose points for that. I don't care if he throws a couple interceptions. That's not really that much of a, a negative. It, just the amount of passing yards he's gonna he's on track to set rookie passing yards, and and he's rushing for touchdowns. He's throwing touchdowns. I just think as an underrated name to be a little bit worried about as he gets a few more games under his belt. All right. I like that. And I like how you use scary in there. Way to fit the theme for the show, John. <laughs> Extra brownie points for you. Brad, who's yours? So they don't call me Brad Stradamus for nothing. It's definitely Kyler Murray. Um, <laughs> Eric kind of highlighted all the points. So I won't go through it. But um, I guess if I had to choose somebody that wasn't Kyler Murray, I'd probably go Carson Wentz. Um, Ooh, okay. It's interesting because the Eagles suck and Carson Wentz doesn't look good. But for fantasy purposes, they're always behind in fourth quarter, so he's getting those garbage time points. And for what it's worth, he's got five rushing touchdowns um, on the season so far. And if you were to equate that to a running back, he would be tied for third with Ezekiel Elliott. I, I just think he's he's kind of a guy that you can really discount 
that's going to get, you know, 30 points even being bad. He's kind of got that Kirk Cousins vibe to him. He's just going to get the garbage time points. Right. And I'm actually kind of surprised nobody messaged, messaged, uh, mentioned Justin Herbert because, man, he sure looks sweet like Sherbert out there. I mean, he's just absolutely just throwing some nice-looking ice cream cones. Awful, Uh, David. (laughs) I was going to ask you to quit while I was ahead. Can can uh, I have the soundboard real quick to boo you? No, you'll never get access to that. Um, (laughs) I just thought, no, I thought he might get mentioned, but we'll move on to. Now, which quarterback are you scared to plug into your lineup? You drafted them, picked them up into free agent, thinking you struck gold, and they're just turning into that, uh, that pumpkin. They're scaring you. So, Eric, I'll lead off with you for this one. Which one is your uh, your pumpkin, so to speak? So, for me, it's Matt Ryan, and he's going to throw for a lot of yards. That's a given. He, he leads the league in, in yards passing right now. But he has three games with two-plus touchdowns, and he has four games with one or less. And I feel like a lot of his fantasy value depends on Julio being fully healthy. The one game Julio didn't play, Calvin Ridley had a goose egg. So... The fact that Julio Jones is always on the injury report or you always think that he might leave the game early, um, I think his so much of his value comes from that. The rest of the season, he's got to face New Orleans twice, who has an okay defense, Tampa Bay twice, who has the number two defense, and at L.A. Chargers just doesn't look as promising for the rest of the season. Okay, I like that one. John, who's your guy? Uh, I'm a little bit getting worried about Josh Allen. Um I know just a few weeks ago I was singing his praises, but uh, as soon as I say something good about him, he proves my original opinion more correct. He had an atrocious game against the Jets, and I, I don't really want to hear that, oh, it's a division game. Like, if he's not putting up huge numbers against the New York Jets, it really makes me wary of when is he going to start producing big numbers again because he's had a little bit of a lull here. But, John, yeah. it's a division game. No, it's the Jets. <laughs> I mean – Josh Allen is actually kind of shocking. His rushing is way down this year. He has, I think, three or four rushing touchdowns, but uh, he's not running, and that was a big part of his value. So if he's not running, then you have to rely on his accuracy and his arm, which has gotten better this year, but it's definitely a little concerning that they seem to like they're adjusting the game plan for him, and uh, it's leading to wins for the most part, but not great for fantasy. Uh, Brad, your guy. Yeah, so this is a guy that I pegged to be top 10 this year. And I know where you're going. Now he's terrifying me. Like I, I essentially built, you know, teams around him because I could draft him so low and I was confident in starting him. And now I'm not even sure he's going to finish the season. It's got to be Cam Newton for me. Um, I don't, I don't know that I can ever feel confident in a guy that literally got me negative points last week. If I didn't start a quarterback at all, I would have been better off. Like, that's, that's absurd to me. Like, I, I don't know why he looked so bad. Um, it looks like he's injured, but he says he's not. I, I He looked terrible ever since he came back from COVID. Um, it's crazy that, you know, a guy that gave Julian Edelman 200 yards a few weeks ago now looks like he can't compete, complete a 10-yard pass. And, I, like, I'm, I'm running out of excuses to give for him. Yeah, he's he's been pretty scary. I, I mean, um, he looked pretty good. And, and Brad, you hit on a lot of these guys. I think people gave you a lot of like problems for on Twitter. A lot of these like outrageous picks, but that was one yeah. definitely that that did backfire a little bit, at least right Absolutely. now. Um, and I'm actually I, I'll wait for this. I was going to say something, but I'll save it for the next part. Uh, Nick, go ahead. 
Um, for me, it's uh, Gardner Minshew. I, I wasn't super high on him coming into the season. Um, he's a guy that's going to chuck the ball a lot. He, he's going to have a big um, amount of passing yards. Uh, but as of late, I think he's in the 50s for his completion percentage. He looks kind of off from his wide receivers. Um, seven games, he's got eight turnovers, whether it be interceptions or fumbles. Uh, and then uh, I'm re- reading a recent update from ESPN, and um, it says the Jaguars have a bye week on tap. So Coach Doug Marone will have time to evaluate Minshew before making a decision on a week nine starter under center. And then they list uh, Mike Lennon and uh, rookie Jake Lutton. So you're, it, it, the fact that they are even considering Mike Lennon and then a rookie from the sixth round uh, for a struggling Gardner Minshew, I, I think he's QB 12 in some leagues. I I would think you, you have to look, look for other options moving forward because if he's mid-game and you're in a tough matchup with an opponent and they bench him, that is going to hurt you bad in fantasy. So you got to kind of factor that in and be a little bit cautious uh, moving forward with him. What's Better the than name I can't do last week, though. What's the backup's name? Uh, so Mike Glennon, who was once a Chicago yeah. Bear. Yeah, I, I know. Recently. Exactly. I think I may get sick. Yeah. I, I don't consider myself a quarterback guru by any means. I definitely get plenty wrong on this. Just Justin Herbert's an example. But he was the one that I said the moment he got drafted, I said, this guy's going to be a bust. I said, this dude is just like a uh, – a thin, just unsettling quarterback in the pocket. And I'm like, how does he still have a job? I don't care that it's a backup. This dude is awful. And I mean, uh, it, it shows. And anytime I hear his name, it just disgusts me. But um, yeah. I guess that fits. It's scary because I'll wear his mask for Halloween. Um, anyway, let's move to running backs now. And this is actually the point I was going to bring up. I just realized that we have the two people on the show right now that I think on all of fantasy Twitter had Austin Eckler as their number two guys, both ah. you, Brad and Nick, those are your guys. And not, not really? saying that it's like a, a bad thing. It's just interesting that the two guys that I didn't see anybody have Austin Eckler as high as you guys. So it's kind of cool that you Me? both are here. Me and Nick have been agreeing a lot today, man. Yeah, it's true. It's true, man. I, I was I was stupid high on Eckler, and I I saw no reason it's why not, he would regress. It's not stupid, and he's still is going to have a great year when he comes back. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. Brad, Brad's going to send something in the group chat later. Hey guys, I'm leaving uh, Triple Play and going to P2W Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> nice knowing you, boys. His Twitter ad is going to be just Brad P2W Fantasy. <laughs> no, no, I, I I'm with you though on that. We have been agreeing a lot uh, on a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, I'll be interested to see how this for running backs goes, Ben. And, um, John, I'll start with you. For running back that you're scared to play against. It's it's kind of a boring answer, but it's it's got to be Derrick Henry. I mean, even last week he had a very low week by his lofty stand, standards, and he still ended up outscoring uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, David. You, you, you had to say so. that to me? Okay, fine. <laughs> So even even when he's having a bad week, it didn't look like anything was going right for the Titans. He still winds up with two touchdowns, somehow with a receiving touchdown and negative receiving yards, which is just a, a fun little fun little stat. Yeah, I mean, whether it be in person or in fantasy, that's a scary dude that I do not want to uh, play against. Brad, who's your guy? Um, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry as well. I mean, he's, he's a guy that... He's just going to give five yards, five yards, five yards, and then he's going to break out a 50-yarder. And then, you know, over the course of the game, he, he's having, you know, six, seven-yard carries. Like, he's just 
he's going to wear you down over time. There's no stifling him. He's just a beast. Um, he's never somebody I want to see in somebody's lineup. Agreed. Nick, are you uh, going to agree with Brad on this one? Or are you going different? I mean, if I was a like a linebacker or something in real life, I think I would be for sure scared of Derrick Henry, <laughs> and, and that is a good one. I I obviously just took the easy route here and went Alvin Kamara, the the RB one right now. Um, mm-hmm. One hundred seventy point four uh, points for the RB one, and then the RB two is at one thirty three point six. So we're almost seeing uh, the Christian McCaffrey of of last year, where there's this huge gap between the RB one and the RB two. Uh, and, and the dude's averaging 28.4 points um, a game. And we saw him score week three, 44.7 points. He had 13 catches. He's had eight plus catches four times now. So if you're playing in a PPR league and, and you're playing against Alvin Kamara, I think you're scared he's going to have one of those 30, 40 point weeks, which is definitely going to take a hit on your team. So that's the easy answer just because it's the RB1. Um, but the fact that he's that far away as of seven <laughs> weeks between um, – RB1 and the RB2 is a concerning matter if you're playing against them. Yeah, whenever I see someone with Alvin Kamara in their lineup, I'm sure they're doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm sure they have. I don't know what kind of league mates you, you guys have. But, but. <laughs> that's the laugh that uh, Eric makes when he sets his lineups in any oh, right. uh, Go ahead, Eric. I mean, it's Derrick Henry for me as well. Seven touchdowns his last four games. He usually starts slow. Hasn't been this year besides the first two games. His volume's up. And ever since Ryan Tannehill took over, they look like a really, really good team. And I think Tennessee's been better at utilizing him. A lot of times they'll have him take the direct snap, and he'll either run it in or they get creative with him passing now. So I think any time that they're in the red zone or within the five, Derrick Henry's going to touch the ball one way or another. You're not going to really see anybody get a fade or any other running back vulture a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've heard that answer before, so there you don't get any response <laughs> for that one. I mean, it's the right answer. Yeah, but when the third time's too many, Eric, you should have differed. That's, <laughs> no, that's why you get that. All right, let's move to now running back that you're scared to put in your lineup. I'm interested to hear some answers for this one. And I believe um, starting with Brad for this one. Yeah, this is kind of a controversial pick because he's actually the RB2 this year. Um, James Robinson. I'm Mm. not picking him because I think that he's bad. I'm picking him because I don't know what to do with him. I'm not even sure if I think he's a good running back. But if I have him in like dynasty league, he's – He's too young to trade because running back is such a scarce position, and he's a starting running back that's super young. So those are guys that are extremely valuable. But a Zigbo coming back, and you know, next year hopefully uh, they're running uh, with Raquel Armstead. Hopefully they'll be back next year. Um, I just think crowded backfield, and I'm not sure they're sold on him being the guy, and, and they're ready to kind of move forward with him. So he he scares me a lot because I don't know how to value him. So I. He's he's one that I'm scared to play. Yeah, I think it's actually a good point, Brad. I um I made a trade in one of my leagues when I lost Dak. Um, I needed a quarterback. There were people with three quarterbacks on their roster, and uh, the free agent pool with an expanded bench was pretty slim. There was no good quarterbacks left, and I um I had to trade a running back, and I was deciding between Kareem Hunt or James Robinson, and I traded it was to the Nick Chubb owner, 
and I traded Kareem Hunt knowing that at some point he's not going to have the same type of volume. And Good for you. Um, again, I mean, I, we'll see how it works out. James Robinson looked great last week. The week before didn't yeah. look as great, but um, yeah. I don't know how to value him either. I, I, I think he's an RB1, um, the least why – I mean, I think he's a top – four or five running back in PPR right now. So, um, number two. he is a, number, he's number two. Okay. So yeah, number I mean, him. so yeah. Uh, it, he's an interesting case. Very interesting. I, I interesting. You brought that one up. Um, Nick, who's your guy? Uh, my guy is Devin Singletary, the, uh, RB 28, mm-hmm. um, 10 plus points in three out of seven games, but also seven or less in three out of seven games. We saw, uh, two games where he scored 16.1, 18.7, and then he had games where he scored 4.3 and 5.5. Um, the last game he just played, he, he split 10 touches a piece between him and Zach Moss, um, averaging 10.2 points, which you probably don't want for a guy that, you're going to start in your running back, maybe two position or a flex. That's not super appealing to me. And, and I'm worried that Moss continues to maybe not take the job a hundred percent, but split all the touches with them. We saw uh, week one, he led the touches uh, 14 total between carries and catches to Moss's 12. And that was without a preseason really. So uh, the fact that a healthy Moss is cutting in that much at the fact that he has these hot and cold games, I'm not comfortable starting Devin Singletary at all in this Bills offense. 100% agree with you on that. Eric, who are you looking at? So for me, it's Joe Mixon. And you spent a, you likely spent a first or second round pick on him. Maybe 20, you did, Eric. You were so high on him at the start of the season. I, I took him with my second round pick. That was a no-brainer, and I traded him away. But he has 20-plus touches in five out of his six games. And the one game he didn't, he had 19. And he had that huge game against the Jacksonville Jaguars where he had 42 PPR points. And you're like, wow, this is this guy's ceiling. Bengals have a high-scoring offense. Their defense is bad, so they're in a lot of shootouts. But he always seems to be on the injury report. A couple weeks ago, it was, some, it was something with his chest. Now it's something with his foot. He's been pretty injury-prone, but if he's healthy, you feel like you have to roll him out there because he's going to get the volume. And like I said, you likely spend an early pick on him, so – um, he's just somebody that's kind of scary to me. I'm glad I got rid of him, and I'm not jealous for anyone that owns him. John Round is out here for running backs. Um, this may piss you off, David, but I'll, I'd be scared to play Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at this point. I know mm. he's had a a good game rushing with no touchdowns two weeks ago, a bad game rushing in two touchdowns last week, but he's never been able to find the end zone consistently, so you can't count on two touchdowns every week. And with Le'Veon Bell getting a decent share of the work already in just his first week, it doesn't look like moving forward that Clyde is going to have the volume and if he's going to do good things like touchdowns with the volume. Yeah, I'm not, I'm going to save my running back rant for this, my rookie running back rant. I just, I think I was on your show, Nick, and I had this rant. I was just like, uh, you know, just running back, rookie running backs. I, you know, the Zeke's, the Saquon Barkley's, when you use a first round pick on a running back, you got to let them just kind of learn and, and let them go. Like DeAndre, I mean, yeah. DeAndre Swift was, was a, pretty much a first round pick. He was the first few in the second round. Um, I'm, I just, I don't know why JK Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, all these guys are talented and, and I, they can handle more of a workload than they're getting. And it's just frustrating to see that their, uh, their talents getting squashed this year for redraft league purposes. So uh, I'm not going to go into it too much because I want to move to wide receivers, but 
I was very pissed because I drafted Clyde everywhere, and I think he would have been yeah. an easy top 10 back if Le'Veon didn't go. But we move on, and I digress. Wide receivers now that we are scared to play against. And, Nick, I'll come back to you now. Who is the uh, wide receiver you see someone else is playing, and you're like, oh, something. I'm not going to say it when you see it in their lineup. Yeah, I, I don't like talking – too good about this team just because uh, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, but Devonta Adams, a, a healthy Devonta Adams, um, he he's missed some time this year. Uh, played in four games, but it's crazy to see that he's played in four games, and in one of those games, he was a bit banged up, so he didn't you know have a ton of production. But he's still the wide receiver 14 with only playing four out of the seven possible possible games. Uh, week one he had 41.6. Week seven he had 44.6. Um, he saw 17 targets in a game for 14 catches. He saw 16 targets in a game for 13 catches. And the fact that he's going to score that high and, and not play as much as these other guys, I think on a given week, you, you can just count on him being 10-plus targets, obvious, clear as day, and you can count on him catching the ball 10-plus times, obvious, clear as day. Uh, I think a lot of the times Aaron Rodgers is looking down the field. He's looking at Devontae Adams. He's looking at Devontae Adams. And then on the third look, then he might look elsewhere. So um, he's a guy that's going to burn you on some weeks if he's healthy. And I, I, I just I don't want to play against a guy who's getting that sort of volume because that's insane volume. Eric, uh, Devontae Adams is, is one of the ones I had down, and I think there's a couple other ones that have definitely that same scare value, but Devontae is a good one. Eric, what are you looking at? Devontae is a great one. It was between him and Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill has a touchdown in all but one game. Tyreek Hill could literally have one catch for four yards going into the fourth quarter, and then he catches a 60-yard touchdown, and suddenly he's fantasy relevant. He is the player I fear most at wide receiver because he can literally have one long touchdown or one long play because he's so fast and so good at tracking the ball to make his fantasy day relevant. And Patrick Mahomes is the QB to get it to him. So I will never feel safe playing Tyreek Hill until I see 0-0 on the clock. All right, John. I I don't like recently uh, Justin Jefferson popping up. If my if I'm playing against Justin Jefferson, he's a rookie, and you don't know how long it can last. And you know his when he's up, he is up. I mean, 166 yards, two touchdowns. 175 yards, one touchdown. When when he is hot, he is really really hot, and it makes it very scary to play against him because you're hoping he has a down week, but. Odds are he's going to get 166 yards, two touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious that you guys um, didn't say any of the Seattle receivers because if it's their week, um, Tyler Lock at 200 yards, three touchdowns on 15 catches last week. DK Metcalf has had two touchdown games. If you're playing against the receiver that Russell Wilson is trying to get going that game, it's going to be a long day. And anytime I play against a Seattle receiver, I'm just praying that they're the other one that gets the secondary looks that game. I like, uh, otherwise, I like both those, but I wanted to try and keep, I thought somebody else was liable to take uh, DK or Tyler. Lock. I thought I, somebody was going to say scary Terry McLaurin just because it fit into the show. Outside the box. I like that. Um, you know, another, another guy, uh, not to get too deep into another guy that I've been thinking about more that I wasn't super high on is Keenan Allen's getting a huge target share as of late mm-hmm. with Justin Jefferson. And when you, when you got a guy like that, who's just chucking the ball 300 plus yards a game and, and he's given 13 targets to that guy, that's, that's another guy I thought about. 
That's a good one. I mean, he gets ever since uh, Justin Herbert went in there, he literally gets thirty yeah. percent plus target share. It's insane. Um, yeah. Great pick for those that were able to bank on his lowered ADP this year. Mm. Let's go to the other side of the coin here: the wide receiver you're scared to put up in your lineup. And Eric, I'll start with you. Who's the wide receiver that you don't want to put in your lineup? So for me, it's Mike Evans, and he is like the ultimate boom bust, even before this year. But this this season, he has six touchdowns in seven games. He has two games with 100-plus yards. He has three games with 10 or less yards, including two of those games having two yards. The Bucks have a high-scoring offense, but – now the Godwin's out, I think maybe there's a little more clarity for the next couple weeks, but there's literally you're, so many mouths to feed. And uh, you're forgetting he, about a another guy coming in there. <laughs> and Antonio Brown? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like just Godwin's in there anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's out uh, this week because he's suspended, but you don't want to be the one to bench Evans when he goes off and you likely spend an early pick on him. He's just so boomer bust. You don't want to drop Evans either. Yeah. I sh- Did you get the rest? I was waiting for somebody don't, to get don't, that. Don't, don't, don't even, don't even <laughs> get me going. I, I pushed I the button on Nick there. Uh, John, who's your guy? Uh, my guy is Amari Cooper himself. Uh, he was <laughs> in, inconsistent at best with Dak. He didn't look good with Andy Dalton. And who knows if uh, – Ben DiNucci is going to be the starter for a few games moving forward, depending on how Dalton's head is at this point, if his mind is still clear. And I'm just extremely scared about anybody on that Cowboys offense. That's fair enough. Let's move to the last position here, and let's go to tight ends, who are already scary enough itself. So for this last one, what we're just going to do is give me the one you're scared to play against, and then also just give me the one you're scared to put in your lineup. And we'll go round about here, starting with John. Um, I'm scared to play against Gronk. He seems like he's heating up. I said he was going to be bad at the start of the season, so I'll either be right then or I'll be right now because it looks like he's starting to shake off some of the rust. And uh, with the Amari Cooper, I'm scared to play Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I, I mean, any Cowboys pass catcher is scary for sure. And you you were definitely uh, a Gronk. Uh, what would you, you had Gronk unranked, I think, in our tight end. I had him like 20 or 15 or something, okay. which – could still happen. He's just had a couple good weeks, and it's it's made me a little bit scared. Yeah. Um, Nick, who are your tight ends you're picking? Um, I'd be scared to play against Darren Waller. Uh, huge target share. His quarterback's throwing very accurate, averaging five, uh, 15.1 points uh, per game, and he's very consistent in fantasy here. Uh, I would – not want to play Tyler Higby just because uh, his target share has been fluctuating very low. Um, he's getting out-targeted by uh, Gerald Everett at times, and he's only had really one good week, so I don't want to play him. And Brad? Yeah, I'd be scared to play um, uh, Mike Gusecki. Um We got Tula coming in, and the tight end's always the rookie quarterback's best friend, and I think he's super uh, athletic and elite guy has got kind of wide receiver talent um he's a guy that i think is under the radar that kind of terrifies me like that and eric round us out here so it's funny i am actually scared to play gasicki we'll have to see how that pans out with tua and then scared to play against mark andrews nick mentioned it earlier his his red zone usage is ridiculous and the ravens are really good at driving down so he's always a threat to go two touchdowns 
Yeah, if you get him on that day. Again, Lamar Jackson looks at him in there. So if uh, Dez goes there, that will be interesting to see how that plays out. But for now, he is a reliable red zone target. All right. Great job, boys. Hope you didn't scare anybody with your uh, fantasy talk here and uh, help them with some advice for that. We're going to move now to our question of the week. And our question of the week is sponsored by none other than Manscaped. As always, we're sponsored by Manscaped. You might be Chewbacca, Bigfoot, or a hairy bear, but it's not the costume that matters. It's what's under the costume. You don't want to be that hairy. Lawnmower 3.0, they have a new package. The Perfect Package 3.0, aptly named, it comes with the Lawnmower 3.0, the Skin Safe Trimmer that reduces nicks. You can also get their Magic Mat. It's a disposable shaving mat. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they have the Crop Preserver. It all comes in the Perfect Package 3.0 with a little side gift of the boxer briefs that everybody likes. Eric loves them. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. You just buy this package. It's going to give you everything you want and everything you need. It's 20% off and free shipping when you use the code TRIPLEPLAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with the code TRIPLEPLAY at manscaped.com. And enjoy your Halloween and be very, very clean. I like that. I like how you called Eric out for putting his business out there. (laughs) So ball deodorant and the the performance boxers, I will live and die by. Game (laughs) They are. Casey likes them, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to put some ball deodorant on before I go to her place tonight. Okay, I like that. Oh. All right. Um, all right. Always so, put himself out there. <laughs> so our question this week, <laughs> which current or former player looks like they eat the most Halloween candy? So this one's a thinker. So who's a who's a big chubba bubba that you're thinking of here? And um, I'll start with Brad since Brad came up with this question. Go ahead. Who's your answer for this one? I'm going to go with Damon Snacks Harrison because it's kind of self-explanatory. How are you going to call yourself Snacks and not eat all Halloween candy? Oh, well, actually, that'd be the better one than I could think of, but I'll, I'll go last. Eric? So there's only two answers, Albert Hainsworth or Vince Wilfork. They're both huge. <laughs> you, you think they skipping meals? Nah. Okay, well, I actually, I, Vince Vilfork was mine, but I just came up with a better one that no one better takes. So go ahead, John. Um, I mean, this is the best one. Uh, the guy who's famous for eating Skittles, oh! is a candy, Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> the Oakland Raider great. <laughs> John, I always think I should save you for last. I feel like you're always the one that takes mine. <laughs> Nick, who are you thinking? So I'm going to take a guy in the defensive side of the ball just because it came to my mind right away. But uh, I got this rookie in my IDP league. His name's uh, Javon Kinlaw on the 49ers. Yeah, he's a big boy for one. He's a massive boy. And then for two, if you look at his picture, like on the ESPN app, he's got some grills in. So it looks like he's he's been chewing yeah. on some sort of candy <laughs> going on or whatever. So he's a big boy and he's got some grills. So I like that. That's great. Um. I would have added one, but I was sniped too many times. So I'll, uh, you guys all said better ones than I could think of. I think it's a great answer for that question. And um, hopefully they all enjoy their candy because they definitely look like they do. Let's move to our last segment, and that is our game of the week. All right. Our game of the week you is really going to be. You really cut it off before the drop, David. I did. <laughs> game of the week is going to be hosted by Brad. 
So, Brad, what are we playing this week? Today's game, we're going to be playing Two Truths and a Lie. I'm going to name five players and give three facts of each of them. The first one to butt in with the correct lie will get a point. Are we just buzzing right? with our name? Yeah, buzzing with your name. Okay. All right, so this first person is going to be Ed Bryant. So here is three facts. He was an All-American at OK State. He has endorsed Kanye West for president. He was an All-Pro in 2012. Eric. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, He did not endorse Kanye West for president. Incorrect. David. I'm guessing he was an All-Pro a different year that wasn't 2012. You got it. He was an all pro in 2014. So that's one point for Dave. All right. <laughs> Let's go. Nice. All right. Next one. We're going to go with Antonio Brown. The three facts are his father was named the best player in Arena League history. He was the winner of a hit show, The Masked Singer. David. And he's a seven time Pro Bowler. I, I guess he didn't win the Masked Singer. <laughs> I think he won Dancing with the Stars, not the Masked Singer. I don't even know if he won Dancing with the Stars, but he definitely didn't win the Masked Singer. He got out on the first episode. So I'm right. So two points for Dave. Yes, so yeah, Man, just All right. running away with it. <laughs> it's a little offensive, Sorry, Brad, but all up. the time into the facts, you won't even let him finish the facts. <laughs> You're right. All right, I'll let him. <laughs> I, was too, let him finish. I was too lazy to do ten players. I should have done ten. All right, so next person is going to be OBJ. David Beckham was his childhood idol. He signed the largest NFL endorsement deal ever with Nike in 2017, and he appeared in a music video with Beyonce. Eric John. <laughs> Eric. The Nike contract Dick. in 2017. <laughs> Wrong. So Ooh, that, oh no, you know, That's the one I was going to say. I guess he's wait, never wait, been. Wait. How has he signed a bigger contract than LeBron with Nike? Largest NFL endorsement deal with Nike. You got to uh, hear the whole question, Eric. That's why you lose. LeBron's a tight end for Cleveland, I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, you're in second. I don't think he's been in a, uh, in a music video with Beyonce. That's right. Well, Ariana Grande. <laughs> with Ariana Grande and, and Drake. He's been in with Drake yeah. too, right? Yeah, How was he with, with Ariana too. Grande. Yeah. Oh my god, that was a good music video. With Drake. All right, our next one: DK Metcalf. So he is the most jacked player in the NFL. <laughs> Joe Tessitore once mistakenly called him Decaf Metcalf, which led to an endorsement deal with a company called Volcanica Coffee. And his father, Terrence, was an offensive lineman in the NFL. John. Go ahead, John. I don't think you can call him the most jacked. And that second one sounds Bingo. way too specific to be incorrect. That's right. that's right. He's not the most jacked. The most jacked is Derrick Henry, and that's not up for debate. What? Wait, what's, what's the definition of jacked? I mean, lower body Derek fat? Henry. The definition of jacked is Derrick Henry. This is a whole other debate right now. I mean, I won't get into no, it. It's not, it's not up for debate. It's not. All right. Two to two. Can only be one winner here. 
the last one's going to be Patrick Mahomes. So it appears like David might have a little. Go, go ahead and get it. Have a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, oh, man. Nick, 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 you just want to sit this one out since. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, watching, I'm watching them duke it out right now. So it's all, right, all right. I won't buzz in. Y'all got this. All right. Here we go. He's a part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Following his freshman year, he quit baseball at Texas Tech. His godfather is LaTroy Hawkins from the Twins. John. David. Oh, John. I don't what? think he quit baseball. I don't think he quit baseball that early. That's such bullshit. Right. I said it first. Right. Quit, quit <laughs> I know he did right yeah! answer, but I said it first. John I literally said it first. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Wow. We'll play that back. Wow. I said it first. You absolutely did not. Yeah. Um, Nick, be an impartial judge. Who said it first? John did. Hey, man, I, I, I'm staying out of this. Don't bring me into this. <laughs> oh, not, you're going to you're gonna have to re- review this. And Oh, I'm hitting my, my mic. You're going to have to review this in slow motion for I, sure. David, you're going to have to listen to the whole episode once we drop it, and you'll very clearly hear me go first. That is John, That was false. I think Brad wanted me to lose that game and didn't want to give no, it to me. I did it. He, he gave it to <laughs> I knew the answer after the second one, but I wanted to hear the whole question. But uh, <laughs> I won't. I won't dwell on that. There's controversy here. But uh, Nick, man, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for coming on, man. No, absolutely. Uh, it, it was a ton of fun, and um, you know, I I usually record on Tuesdays, but the minute you hit me up and you're like, hey. I'd love to have you on the show. I'm dropping everything and jumping on with you guys just because I, I respect the, the, the work you guys put out. And, um, yeah, it was a great time tonight. Dude, we really were happy to have you on. And, um, you know, definitely if, if you want to come back, we'd love to have you back on sometime in the future for sure. 100%. 100%. And um, before we get out of here, do you want to, you know, just plug again, let everybody know where they can follow you and all that good stuff? Yeah, it's just uh, at P2W Fantasy on Twitter. So um, it's P with the number 2W Fantasy. Uh, I released all the articles, uh, live streams, podcasts, all that good stuff on there. And you'll see me retweeting all the triple play content as well. Um, But yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah, again, really good dude. Again, we've pretty much one of our first connections on Twitter. Um, Great guy, happily always put out his content. And again, if you want to be a better fantasy player, uh, make sure you follow him because, again, he's very good, puts out waiver wire articles, gives a lot of helpful tips to players that are starting out. So make sure you follow him. Good follow, good guy. And that being said, everybody, hope you enjoyed this episode and have a good rest of your week. We will catch you next week. Good luck in week eight. No trick-or-treating. <laughs>